Welcome to the Roundtable at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, a podcast of discussions with substance. Join our staff and leaders of our church as we journey through topics that inform, engage, and inspire the daily life of our church. Welcome to the Roundtable with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. My name is Kathleen McMurray, and I am the pastor of Connecting Ministries. I'm here with my amazing colleagues today, and we are going to be talking about women in ministry. Hi, I'm Pastor Abby Maynard. I'm the pastor of Community Ministries. I'm Katie Chambers. I'm the associate pastor. And I'm Ellen Rowland, and I'm the minister to Youth and Families. Today, again, we're going to be talking about what it means to be women in ministry. So, as we have done a number of times in the process of ordination and the process of our call, I wanted to invite us all to share how we came into ministry, our call story. Who wants to start? What a big thing to ask. Um, I can go though. Um, so I was called to ministry when I was about 14 years old. Um, and I've been called to youth ministry since I was a youth. And a lot of my call story really happened because I watched my mom, who's a United Methodist elder and a second career pastor go through the ordination process and receive her own call and take on her own appointments. Um, and so that's been such a huge, heavy influence on me. What about you, Abby? Well, I uh, was originally very actively against going into ministry. Um, I loved doing youth events. I loved, I spent all my time, it seemed like, at the church when I was in high school. Um, And in hindsight, there were lots of things that were little hints to my call to ministry, but I really believed that I was going to be a doctor. Um, And I went to college very confident in that, doing my pre-med classes and and loving a lot of them. Um, But... That first summer after my first year of college, I got recruited by Michael McMurray to do uh, Ozark Mission Project, and I was the camp intern, and so steadily throughout the summer, he kept going, you know, I really think you should preach. I think you're going to come back and be on college staff, and I finally at one point just said, I am not coming back next summer. I need to get an internship that's going to be for my career, and I'm going to be a doctor, and he just looked at me and said, I don't think you're going to be a doctor. I think you're going to be a pastor which just made me mad. Um, But by the end of the summer, he talked me into preaching. um, And that was a moment that really changed things for me. Um, It made me stop and realize that I had been making all my own plans and that um, I had not really stopped to listen for where I was being called. And I think that God really talks to you through your sermons sometimes because that's what I preached Mm. about was not listening enough to God. And I I sat down right after it and I thought, oh, my gosh, I needed to hear that. I haven't been listening enough. Um, And so that really started the journey for me of figuring out what that calling looked like. But that was when I finally realized there is a plan um, or a calling out there that is different from all these very clear plans that I've been setting up. Right. Mine is very similar. Um, When I was about 12, I think, 11, 12, that kind of awkward middle school era, we had our first female pastor at my home church, uh, Jeannie Burton. And I had grown up in the Catholic and Methodist churches. And so um, seeing a woman in the pulpit was amazing and astonishing. And I remember 
a little bit unconsciously, because um, I, I didn't remember this consciously until I was looking back at when my parents cleared out their attic um, and I got all my old journals and diaries. Uh, there was at one point where I said, like, I wrote about Pastor Jeannie and like she talked about this in her sermon and maybe I could be a pastor like her someday. Did not consciously remember this ever because I had my own plan. I was going into theater. I was going into like, I loved musical theater, but then I was going into directing and that was my thing. But then I worked for a summer at OMP in college. And like you, um, I had Mark Lassiter was our camp director and he said, I think you need to preach on Tuesday night, which was about calling. And I said, okay. He's like, I think you have something to tell us. And so I said, okay, well then. Um, and then in the preaching process, kind of acknowledged that for myself. That's really funny because what Michael <laughs> said to me was really similar when he was like, I think you have something to say on Wednesday night. <laughs> yep, yep. It's amazing how that works. What about you? Yeah, I mean, there's something really powerful about somebody else speaking mm -hmm. truth and gifts into you that you can't yet see for yourself. <laughs> Right? It, so many times we have someone who looks at you and says, have you ever thought about ministry? It, in my case, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I also had a totally different career trajectory, a completely different vocation charted out. Um, and it was Jay Clark for me who said, have you ever thought about ministry? And I said, I'll give it a try for six months and see how I like it while I'm like figuring things out. And 10 years later, <laughs> I'm still, you know, still in love with it and, and continuing to live into those gifts and that calling. Um, but yeah, there's something really powerful about somebody speaking truth into your life and saying, I see gifts for ministry in you and companioning you through living into that and being able to claim that for yourself. So you mentioned this, this idea. It is, it is really powerful having someone speak into that. Were there any, um, any women in leadership or women in ministry that you saw, whether they were ordained in the pulpit? I mean, you mentioned your mom. <laughs> Um, whether they were ordained or whether they were in leadership in the church that you could see, I mean, again, growing up in the Catholic church for part of the time, I didn't see that there. <laughs> um, and, and didn't know that that was even something that could happen until I saw Jeannie Burton. But were there other women that you guys saw, um, that had an influence on, on your life and ministry and, and your calling? I grew up here at Pulaski Heights, and I remember watching Lynn Lindsay as a diaconal minister. Um, and I didn't really realize and appreciate the power of that model and that mm. example until I started talking to other women who were feeling a call to ministry who had never seen a woman doing the thing they felt called to do. Mm. And I just like, I'm so grateful that I had Reverend Lindsay as an example and as a model because I never questioned whether or not women could be in the pulpit, whether women could lead, um, because that was just the world I grew up in. That right. was the water I swam in um, from very early on in my life. So um, Lynn Lindsay, absolutely, is somebody who modeled that for me super early. Even though my mom obviously has had a huge impact on my ability to just say, of course women can be in the pulpit, <laughs> of course, because I watched it, I watched it in real time. Um, but I think, Really, there's something that happens to you as a pastor's kid when your parent isn't your pastor anymore. Um, and so when I got to Hendricks, I was in a totally different conference um, watching Lauren Delano. She was the associate at, Con at First Conway at the time. That was really powerful for me. 
And getting to know Reverend J.J. Whitney um, is a powerful experience for any human being that comes into contact with Reverend J.J. Whitney. Um, but especially on me to meet someone that was working with young people in a capacity that was ordained and not traditional in a church setting was incredibly powerful. Um, so I think for me, kind of watching, especially as a young adult, watching women take on ministry in a bunch of different aspects was really neat. And getting to be in exploring ministry together with my peers. I mean, when I met Abby, I finally said, oh my gosh, another young person that's my age that's going to do this, that loves the Bible the way I love the Bible, that wants to talk about God the way I want to talk about God. Um, and so those kind of things are really powerful. Awesome. What about you, Abby? I, so I kind of, I wasn't in a tradition that was against women being pastors, but we just didn't have them mm -hmm. in my small town. Um, and so I still very clearly remember the first time I saw a female pastor, she was visiting the Episcopal church and she'd come to play the harp. Um, and like, I, I didn't get to know her real well. It was just one afternoon, but I very clearly remember seeing like, oh, there's a female priest. Like that was a different thing and a cool thing. And then much like Ellen going to college and getting to know JJ Whitney, she was the first female clergy person that I got to know. Um, she was the first woman that I saw preaching, especially consistently. Um, and that was just an entirely different view um, that I don't know that I'd really thought a lot about, um, but it was just not a place that I imagined myself. Um, but it is so useful and so necessary to have those people um, who get how you feel because after I realized I was called to ministry, the people that I uh, got a hold of were, I called JJ Whitney and said, I think I really need to come talk to you. <laughs> and I texted Ellen and I said, I think I might be called to ministry. And I think your response was, I knew it. <laughs> of course you are. And it was so affirming, but it was so needed. <laughs> so outside of women in ministry, um, are there other women in your life, women in the life of the church that have seen gifts in you that have had an impact and an influence where you could say, oh, that person really was, was important? Um, I think the women in my family are, they've always been very invested in the church. Um, and that's a model that I grew up with and, and loved. I grew up um, on the front pew next to my grandmother with my uh, one great aunt playing the organ and my other great aunt was married to a priest. And so she was always involved in the life of the church and, and growing up with those women who weren't, you know, they weren't ordained, but they were very much helping to lead the life of the church. And that was such a powerful example for me. Um, and my aunt who I've recently stayed with um, has been a wonderful um, encourager for me of recognizing my gifts and, and passing on some of my great uncle's um, things from when he was a priest to me. So now I get to carry on that family tradition in a really, um, a really special way that I would never have expected. That's really cool. My mom similarly is not ordained like Ellen's, um, but I did find out many, many years later uh, when I was graduating from seminary that my mom had considered going to seminary uh, when I was a baby, um, and she thought she might have a call into ministry, um, which I didn't, I didn't know. Um, surprise, surprise, but she said she realized like with 
I was little, my sister was on the way, it wasn't a good time, um, but that she, you know, decided she could be a layperson in the church and be in ministry in that way. And um, one of those people, she's one of those church members that's got so many different hats on. Uh, and, and I saw just such dedication from her to the life of the church with singing in the choir. Um, she led children's choir for many years. Music was a big part of our family, but um, they also let, my parents also led a disciple Bible study class multiple times. And I saw her interaction with other women. They had kind of this core group of friends with some kids that were around our age. And we grew up together. And these adults, Miss Joy and Miss Melissa and Miss Diane also became um, these incredible role models of very strong, dedicated women uh, that could, and, and that were influential in my life when I had some rough times and felt like, I don't know if I could talk to my mom about stuff and I could talk to Miss Joy or Miss Melissa. And it was, um, that was just really, really, really impactful uh, to, have, to have those folks, those role models. Um, I mean, for me, so I have the mom that's an ordained elder and then her, both of her grandfathers are ordained ministers. And so my great grandmother, Inez, who lived to be 99, she lived until I was 17. So I got to know her in my lifetime, um, was an incredibly dedicated pastor's wife and not in the sense of kind of some weird subservient thing, but in a way that was very honest and disciplined. They had 24 churches. Um, and more appointments than that. Um, and in her lifetime, she did things like she never wore a pair of pants because she thought it was unbecoming of the pastor's wife. She never played cards. She never drank. Um, and she she lived this highly disciplined life. But she also was a person that I think in her own way would have gone into ministry if she had had access to it mm. um she came of age in a time before we were we were ordaining women um but in her own way she was the person that when people heard that the um the browns were coming to town they're being appointed there my great-grandfather was known as kind of grouchy um and and stoic and and a bible you know bible study you know very serious guy and it, the rumor that I am always told is that the congregation would say, oh, but Mrs. Brown is coming. <laughs> um, you know, like, we're, we're, you know, he's fine, but she's coming. And I think um, for us and our family, we have inherited a joy of the discipline of living into being um, a pastoral person. Um, and, and it has always been inspiring to me to say that ministry has a lot to do with how you treat folks and with the relationships that you build. Um, and that comes without, with or without a title. The first thing that comes to mind for me is I picked up a religious studies major in undergrad um, as I was just starting to like dabble in, <laughs> in ministry. And I, equally as important as it was for me to see women in the pulpit, I remember having a particular professor, Jill DeTemple, in undergrad who taught the majority of my religious studies classes mm. and having a woman who also encouraged me as a scholar of the Bible mm. 
someone who helped me fall in love with scripture, someone who taught me to read it in progressive, challenging, liberative ways was also really powerful for me. Um, she is not ordained. She you know that that was not a pro- is not a part of her calling, but someone who really nurtured that love of scripture yes. for me. Um, is the first person that comes to mind as a really powerful role model in the ministry that she is called to. Um, my the my dad's side of the family have been faithful United Methodists for generations. <laughs> and I remember my grandmother being so proud um, when I answered the call to ministry. Um, as soon as I finished seminary, she said, I want you to come speak to the UMW circle at my church. <laughs> you know, because she was so proud yes. to, to show me right. off. Um, and that legacy, I feel like that's such a common thread for a lot of women in ministry in the United Methodist churches, that legacy of faithful women in our families who have said, even though that wasn't for me, I didn't grow up in that generation. I didn't grow up in that time. I see it in you um, and wanting to celebrate that with us. I remember my my grandmother went on a mission trip to El Salvador a few years ago. Well, a few years ago, many years ago, because (laughs) it was when I was in college or seminary um, before I got ordained. But um, she bought me a stole, you know, on her trip to El Salvador. She knew I was going to be a pastor. And, uh, and so she bought me the stole um, that I, I wore uh, recently in worship. But um, it's, it's amazing that legacy uh, that, we get to, that we get to carry on and have the opportunity. And um, you're right about the Bible. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about um, some of the the scripture, how scripture is interpreted by some, um, and then how scripture is interpreted more liberatively, I think in your words, Katie. And so looking forward to that. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this first week where we're talking about what it means uh, for us to be women in ministry. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, so have a great week and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.